When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What it do, Steeler fans? It's your boy Daniel J coming back with another episode of State of the Steelers. And today's topic and this week's topic is the tune-up game. Yes, that is. It's correct. It's the tune-up game. Usually in the past seasons, the Pittsburgh Steelers have used their second to last preseason game as a tune-up game. Uh, not so, well, if the rumors are correct, uh, not not this year, that is. This year, the Pittsburgh Steelers are anticipating playing. Majority of their starters, all that are healthy, will be playing on Sunday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. in Acroshore Stadium when the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Detroit Lions, who are also expected to play majority of their starters for about the first half. And I think the only person that is not going to be playing for the Detroit Lions is going to be uh, Jared Goff, their quarterback. And so from what I understand is they kind of want to showcase who, who uh, who's going to come up as that second string uh, quarterback. They have a little bit of a uh, battle back there for the number two spot, uh, the Detroit Lions, that is. But with that being said, <clears throat> there's a lot of questions and a lot of eyes, of course, still looking at uh, various position battles within the team. And none more important than the quarterback battle. So it was, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin was asked earlier in his press conference this week, you know, if the uh, if he's going to be naming a starter uh, before the preseason game. And it was uh, and I'm paraphrasing here something about that. It wouldn't be uh, put out until after the uh, Detroit Lions game. And so if this is a true battle. Isn't everybody excited about Kenny Pickett? But. If it's not, as it has been reported here and there, that it is Mitch Trubisky's job to lose, do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers might be setting up Mitch Trubisky here? You know, putting him out there, letting the fan base feel or think that there is a uh, a quarterback battle. And if Kenny Pickett goes out there and outperforms Mitch Trubisky and the fan base and the media and everybody that – as a pair of eyes can see that, and the Pittsburgh Steelers still start Mitch Trubisky, wouldn't that be setting him up for, for failure? You know, the first time he struggles, first time anything happens, he's going to be ridiculed and crucified. You know, the, the chance of Kenny, Kenny, Kenny can already be heard, and the, and the first um, game for the Pittsburgh Steelers that counts hasn't even happened yet. And so um, with that being said, I think that if the Steelers are for sure knowing going into this game that Mitch Trubisky is their number one QB, I think they're setting him up if if he doesn't perform or outperform the rookie. You know, with that being said, the Pittsburgh Steelers love to put their players in uncomfortable positions to see who rises to the top. The cream will always rise to the top, so to speak. And in this situation, the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to see if they have a number one quarterback, and they're going to put Mitch Trubisky in the most toughest of situations. 
in the most highest of pressured situations, given having a number one a QB or a the first quarterback taken in the most recent NFL draft right behind him, breathing down his neck with the fan base already in love with the QB behind him and already chanting his name. And if their mind is set after this game that Kenny Pickett won this battle, it sure ain't going to be be a good side for, for uh, Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. And so, in my opinion, it is Mitch Trubisky's job to lose. I just think that it would be probably in the best interest, uh, interest of Mitch Trubisky, if that is the case, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to announce that. Now, if this is a true and real QB battle to see, you know, which quarterback will be starting against the uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals come week one, then, you know, then I, I like this approach 100 percent. You know, this is putting the uh, pressure and the ball in the hands of the and the QBs and seeing what they're going to do in this atmosphere in, in the face of adversity, so to speak. And Mike Tomlin loves the reaction of his players when faced in adversity. So uh, this is definitely going to be a tough hill to climb, so to speak, for Mitch Trubisky. But when it comes to Kenny Pickett, all eyes are going to be on him. And and I'm sure Aquashore Stadium is going to be rocking the Kenny chance once he does make his last uh, preseason debut. And I feel that he's probably going to make that debut somewhere in the second quarter against the first team. Now, there are a few things that, in my opinion, that Kenny Pickett still needs to accomplish before he solidifies himself as a possible, um, you know, week one starter. And that's, you know, he has to push the ball a little bit further down the field and make maybe perhaps some passes that are physically a little bit more difficult to make. Uh, you know, throw a, a ball that is, you know, further than 20, 25 yards down the field, you know, air yards down the field. Um, perhaps maybe even run a little bit more complex of an offense, not cut the field in half, see what he does in these situations. And in regular ebb and flow, you know, in the last game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, his the prime of what he was able to put out there was basically one drive. And that was in a two minute situation where things aren't going to be they're a little bit different during that situation versus regular ebb and flow of the reg, uh, of the regular portion of the game between the uh, that are not part of the two minute drill, so to speak. And so, you know, having him run more of a complex offense, having to sit back there, read, maybe go through some more progressions and have um, those things are what I'm looking for as far as um, Kenny Pickett goes. You know, I think at this point, his uh, he just hasn't pushed the ball down the field at this point. But the Steelers haven't asked him to. You know, the first game, they they first want to put, in my opinion, the way they're doing things, it looks like they're doing things in, in steps. The first game was like, okay, before we uh, before we run, we're going to learn to see if you can crawl. And so they cut the field in half. They had him, you know, sprinting out one side or another and, and throwing short, um, short passes, simple reads, simple uh, non-complex plays. And that had a lot to do with not just him being a rookie and his first time out there, but also with the, uh, the surrounding cast, so to speak. These aren't guys that he was playing with when he came to the first game against the Seattle Seahawks that were um, starters or, or, 
guys that are projected to stick on the 53. These are guys that were, you know, unknowns for the most part, uh, undrafted free agents, undrafted um, players, journeymen that have bounced around back and forth from team to team. And so when you have that without a game plan going into that game, it was expected that the uh, what what the Steelers were going to put on the field with Kenny Pickett was probably going to be more vanilla and very non-complex. He he passed that test. He checkmarked that. The next step was, you know, uh, being put in a more varsity situation and being placed in a position where he had to push the ball a little bit down the field. And so against the Detroit Lions, I'm sorry, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, that is the opportunity that Kenny Pickett had. He was placed in a position where he could throw the ball down the field and maybe not so much like where I'm hoping to see in this upcoming game as far as a lot further down the field. But he did move the ball down the field to Deontay Johnson, to Pat Firemuth. And what I really, really thought about his performance in that play when it came to the Pat Firemuth play was that it was an overload blitz. He saw that. He read that. He read the coverage. The offensive line was playing pretty poor. The uh, the left guard, Kendrick Green, in that situation allowed um, – <clears throat> Allowed the defensive um, player in front of him just to just whiffed. It was a spin move, uh, a swim move, and Kendrick Green whiffed. And also his his protection, which was Benny Snell, didn't block anybody, allowing Kenny Pickett to just get smacked in the face. And in that situation, he was still able to make a poised throw down the field accurately and on target in in hitting prior. Pat Fryermuth in stride. Sorry about that, guys. And so, you know, those things are super impressive. Those are things that are going to make this very difficult for Tomlin to choose uh, Ms. Trubisky over Kenny Pickett. And like I've said it so many different times before, what has Ms. Trubisky done uh, up to this point to have been stamped the starter, you know, outside of what he did almost half a decade ago? You know, recently he was the backup to Josh Allen. He hasn't started a game or that counts in about 20 months. You know, in my opinion, Mitch Trubisky isn't, you know, a quarterback that is coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers that demands to be the starter, especially going up against uh, Kenny Pickett, who is the first quarterback taken off the draft. He was the... um the hometown kid, so to speak, coming from Pitt, broke all of Dan Marino's records, won an ACC championship. He's 24 years old. You know, at this point, I think that, with, especially with what Kenny Pickett is showing, and, and I've been asked this quite a bit throughout the offseason, you know, where or who do you want to see start come week one? And my question and my answer to that question was always, a, a ready Kenny Pickett. Now, I didn't think that Kenny Pickett was going to be able to get to this place at this point in his career this quickly. You know, I, I assume there was going to be a much steeper learning curve. I, I also thought that with a shrunken preseason with only three games to to participate in, 
with a quarterback battle at least claimed to have been three three QBs deep with Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph. You know, I didn't think there was enough reps. There was enough time in stadium. There wasn't enough um, opportunity there for Kenny Pickett to showcase and or learn or build up his skills to the point where he could be the starter at week one. And I'm starting to feel if Kenny Pickett can perform and, and come to the task and check mark the next, you know, the final check mark, which is a more complex, you know, offense and pushing the ball down the field and making some deep down passes. And I think we may have a ready Kenny Pickett come week one. Now I get the uh, argument and, and I've had it myself where it's easy to or easier to bench uh, Mitch Trubisky for Kenny Pickett versus Kenny Pickett to Mitch Trubisky if Kenny Pickett struggles. And and I understand that. But now that I've been thinking about this, that would be an uncharacteristic move of the Pittsburgh Steelers to not play their best player due to a um, a fear of some kind, whether that fear is having him behind a dreadful offensive line or having him uh, having the experience of being on the field as a rookie could, you know, hinder his, his, his career long-term. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers fall into that narrative or believe in that type of narrative. I believe that they think that they're going to put the player that is going to give them the best, you know, chance to win the game. They don't anticipate being a, or having failures anticipate saying, well, you know, if we put Kenny Pickett out there and he fails, this is going to be horrible for his development and his psyche, so to speak, for the rest of his career. I think that if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to put Kenny Pickett in there, it's because they believe that he's ready, not just physically, but also mentally, and not just mentally in the aspect of the ins and outs of the playbook, but also when it comes to the criticism of being a quarterback, especially for the franchise of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, franchise that has seemed that has had a a standard of excellence out of especially out of the QB position out of one player for nearly two decades. That standard doesn't change. Mike Tomlin has all but but yelled it out to everybody at every press conference. It doesn't matter where you come from. The standard doesn't change. The business is the <laughs> the game is football and the business is winning. These are things that the Pittsburgh Steelers fall down through. And in my opinion, if Kenny Pickett shows up and shows that he can push the ball down the field and and Mr. Trubisky uh, can't do what Kenny Pickett can do behind the same line because, you know, there was a lot watching that first, you know, the first time watching the Jacksonville Jaguars game, I left that, that game thinking that Mr. Trubisky played fairly well. And I still think he played fairly well. Um, I thought to myself, man, he can move. He is, he's moving around the pocket fairly well. Um, he's able to, um, you know, his pocket awareness was pretty good. You know, going back and watching it, there were, there were throws to be made before he started to scramble. Kenny Pickett was behind the same line and had the same pressure in front of him. And in those situations, he didn't panic. He made the decisive throws. You know, 
these are things that are very similar and reminiscent of what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do in high pressured situations. And so that being said, those are that, that is probably the one attribute that that Mike Tomlin looks for most. So uh, I look forward to this game. I can't wait to to see how it un, unravels and and see and get a first glimpse, like a real glimpse of the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers, because up to this point, they haven't really game planned for anything. At this point, they are. They're game planning. They're doing some studying on the op- opposition, not just on themselves. And this is going to be a good test to see where the Steelers are, where the offensive line is, and a good, good test for that quarterback battle that is pursuing be- between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to it unravels. Please don't go anywhere. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the welcome back players. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break. See you guys on the other side. Look at that. You made it back. Thank you. And thank you for coming back to this second part of the segment. And before we move on, I want to just kind of remind everybody that at behind the steel curtain, we have an audio podcast that goes out once or twice a day. Uh, every single day you have your let's ride with Jeff Hartman, your bad language with Brian Anthony Davis, your stat geek with Dave Schofield. But behind the steel curtain also has a live show that goes on on YouTube almost every single night. If you guys aren't aware of it, just go to YouTube, search up BTSC or Behind the Steel Curtain, and you know we usually pop up right at the top. You, know, you have shows like The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, Tony Defio, and Shannon White, where they basically talk about the previous game and previous matchup that the Steelers had. Sometimes it's a good hangover. Sometimes it's a bad one. But either way, it's always a good show and a good time with those guys. On Tuesdays, you have the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and his big bro, Rich. It's a great, great show. They have a great interaction with with the live chat as well. There's always a final question at the end where uh, the live chat gets to interact with the host. It's an amazing time. You don't want to miss it. Know Your Enemy comes out on Wednesday nights. That's with Jeffrey Benedict. And Shannon White, they usually have a a guest from the opposition where they talk about the opposition and, you know, strengths and weaknesses and and what the Steelers can expect in the upcoming game. You have the preview on Thursday night. That's usually with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield and the Steel Curtain happens every Thursday night. It's great, great show. Always entertaining on on Friday nights, there's a couple of shows that come out. You have the Steelers Touchdown Under with Matty P and Mark D. Uh, that one's always a, an amazing show. It's an Australian insight on Pittsburgh Steelers and, and a down-under uh, perspective, so to speak. Great show, great great gig. The uh, Steelers Friday Night Six-Pack with Tony Defio, um, where he asks six questions to the members of the live chat. And get a perspective from the fan base. It's a great show. You don't want to miss it. It happens every Friday night. Saturdays, there's not anything going on, but you guys are listening to me on the audio-only podcast side. So that means 
you're having a great Saturday regardless, right? <laughs> um, you have We Run the North that airs on Sundays with Kevin Tate, where he talks with uh, a couple of other members of or fans of, of the opposition in the uh, AFC North. You have a, a member that follows the uh, Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, and sometimes even a uh, guy that follows the Cowboys come on. It's a good show. You don't want to miss it. Um, one of my other favorite ones is the uh, Sunday night Q&A. Now, that's where you really get to interact with the host of the show. And it's also a show that I have come out on. It was, I believe it was not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Uh, myself and Mark Davison from t- uh, from the Touchdown Under Show um, were a part of that one. So I it was a great time. It was a good conversation between me and Mark. I highly recommend you guys going back and watching that. You'll feel – I think you'll like the show and feel very welcome. <laughs> but speaking of welcome, the second part of this um, podcast is welcoming back some players. And so the first player that I want to talk about that we are welcoming back is none other than the future first ballot Hall of Famer quarterback Ben Roethlisberger was back at the UPMC Sports Running Complex practice field uh, to visit with the uh, coaching staff and the players a couple of days ago uh, at practice. I like this move. It's amazing. Uh, in my opinion, it's one that uh, was timed perfectly. You know, there was some controversy early on in the uh, offseason with a couple of things that Ben Roethlisberger was saying in a few interviews that may or may not have been taken out of context. Um, They're out there. I'm sure you can find them. One, one of the things that was reported though, was that there was some potentially bad blood between Ben Roethlisberger and the organization. Uh, You know, I think that those things were kind of put to, to bed and squashed, so to speak, as Ben Roethlisberger visited the facility, you know, um, in my opinion, it you know had Ben Roethlisberger gone in training camp at the height of the controversy, I think that could have been a bad look from Ben Roethlisberger. It could have put one out there that it's a it's a mean look. Uh, the attention needs to be on me. Uh, I'm no longer a part of the organization, but I'm still putting myself out there. So look at me. And he didn't do that. And you know, I think that a lot of the fan base take some things out of contents, so to speak. And uh, I think him being at, at the practice facility, being amongst the other players and, or being amongst the new players and the coaching staff was a good thing for Ben. You know, the last time, like I said before, there was some controversy. Some of that controversy was some, you know, remarks that he had that seemed to be going back and forth between himself and Cam Hayward. And that kind of brings me into the next part of the segment where, um, you know, who I'm excited to come see, to, to come participate in this upcoming game against the Lions. And I'm we're welcoming back potentially Cam Hayward. You know, we haven't seen Cam Hayward play this entire you know offseason. He had an ankle rolled up pre, prior to the last uh, prior to the game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which held him out of participating in that matchup. And so this is going to be the first time that we're going to see a, and hopefully also Alex Highsmith. And so this is potentially the first time that we're going to see the front line of the Pittsburgh Steelers healthy and at full strength. And it's going to give us a real, you know, I know a lot of folks are saying out there about Devin Bush and his, and his play and whatnot. 
you know, he really hasn't had his front defensive line um, 100% there and, and healthy and, and in front of him. And, and I understand it throughout the year, he's probably not going to have that. There's going to be times where players are going to be out. And Miles Jack had the players in front of him that also showed him, uh, you know, that also showed us that with the same talent in front of him, Miles Jack was able to perform. But at this point, you know, this is going to give us a real look at what Devin Bush is going to be able to, you know, bring to the table, so to speak, for the 2022 Steelers. This is a uh, first time, like I mentioned in the earlier segment, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do a full, you know, game film, game study. This is going to be like a season or a tune-up game. It's the tune-up game. This is the practice to the regular season, and that includes, you know, um, preparing for the game practice, film, study, the whole nine yards. And so this is going to give us our first look at what that middle linebacker position is going to look like. You know, um, there's one rising star, so to speak, uh, coming out of that position, and that's going to be Mark Robinson. There was a uh, tweet uh, sent out earlier this week from Vince Williams saying that Mark Robinson looks better than Vinny, Vinny Vici did his rookie season. Now, uh, meaning, meaningful snaps haven't happened yet. And Vince Williams, um, his rookie season was a, uh, a rotational piece. He did get, you know, time on the field. And so time will tell. But for Vince Williams to come out there and say that and the type of person that Vince Williams is, that I'm assuming that he is, uh, I don't think he's going to put something out there just to put something out there like that. I don't think this is a uh, a challenge. I think that this is a um, game um, recognizing game, so to speak. And Mark Robinson has played fantastic. He could be that diamond in the rough, that that player that the Steelers didn't know they needed. Well, I guess we kind of did know we needed a middle linebacker, but I think the the hope there was that Devin Bush was going to come around one year removed from the ACL injury and, and be, you know, some form of the Devin Bush he was prior to the injury so far in camp or so far in preseason, that's not been the case as far as what we can see in the in stadium. Um, you know, he's been okay. He's not flashed or done anything spectacular. Um, however, Mark Robinson has flashed in, and some of the, uh, most pivotal portions of the game, for instance, in the first game against the Seattle Seahawks, it was Mark Robinson who had the strip sack on, on lock that allowed or gave the opportunity to Kenny Pickett for Kenny Pickett to go down and make a uh, a uh, game winning touchdown. And so, with that being said. You know, he's doing things in the um, most pivotal portions of the game. He's showing up. He's flashing. He's causing splash plays. You know, Devin Bush was out earlier this week during practice, and it wasn't Spillane who was filling in for him. It was Mark Robinson filling in for him with the ones. It's something to keep your eye on in this game. Let's see if Mark Robinson earns himself some rotational snaps with the ones at any point in this game. And let's see how he stands, uh, steps up to the challenge against a more varsity like challenge as well. 
Now, the last player that I'm so excited to see that none of us have seen this entire season because his foot got stepped on and the first padded practice, and that is Najee Harris. You know, I think it is important for Najee to get some kind of contact in before the regular season. I understand he's going to have a tremendous amount of snaps and carries and touches of the football throughout the entire year. However, you know, when you go back to the years, you know, and backs are different. Le'Veon Bell is not Najee Harris or vice versa. But when Le'Veon Bell was doing his holdout and wasn't participating in uh, padded practice or, you know, preseason games, he struggled early on in those seasons. You know, I everybody says they know what we have in Najee Harris. You know, and I get that. But there is a difference between, you know, being in shape and football shape and game shape. And right now, Najee Harris is probably in some pretty good shape. I'm not going to say he's not. He looks like a superhero out there. But he hasn't been contacted. He hasn't been hit. He hasn't had the uh, the the bullseye on his back and players attempting to hit the bullseye, so to speak. And so I'm excited for him to get out there, get his feet wet, so to speak, and take a few hits. That way he can get – used to getting hit again. You know, I, I used to play football nowhere near the level of a, of a pro athlete. But when I did play football, I couldn't wait for me to get hit the first time that came, you know, and, and that was even more so for the first time for the first time that year, you know, every game getting hit for the first time. Yeah. But that first game, that first piece of contact that you hit the, the anxiety, the anxiousness behind it was at a, peak. So I can't imagine what Najee Harris is feeling right now. And I, I'm sure he's, you know, busting out at the seams to get out there and, and get some contact and not just get hit, but deliver the hits. You know, that's the kind of, you know, back that Najee is. And I'm excited to see him. And then I'm excited to see who comes in after him. Is it Benny Snell? Is it Ant Mac? Or is it the camp phenom, the, the camp darling, Jalen Warren? Those are all questions left to be answered. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. If you guys have any questions, comments for the show, uh, please, you can reach me out at Twitter. My Twitter handle is State of Steelers. Again, my Twitter is at State of Steelers. Also, if you're interested in any of my other takes, I do a daily segment on YouTube. My YouTube channel is called State of the Steelers, where I do a daily segment. I also have a weekly live that comes out also on Saturdays. So, with that being said, guys, thank you so much. We'll do this again next week. Peace. Peace.